Hey there, welcome to eight. Uh, oh nope, can't remember the name of my podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey there, welcome to ATL and twenty nine, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Wes Morton of Peachtree Hoops after the Hawks' regular season opener win. And I, I have to ask you, Wes, the question that's on everybody's minds uh, is. Taylor Horton Tucker, the best player in the NBA? Uh, I would have said that before about three hours ago, but I think Trey Young is uh, putting his name, putting his uh, name out there after what he just did tonight. Yeah, uh, 37 points in 26 minutes, if I can get that right off the top of my head. Um, just a complete reversal of... Uh, of what happened in the preseason, I have to be honest. You know, I had sort of two expectations going into tonight, and one was that actually that the Hawks would be a little bit better off not having Clint Capella. I didn't think that he was particularly effective in either of the Memphis games, so I was like, well, that's that's a big plus. But you know, my second inclination was, you know, people are going to be a little bit surprised. Trey has really struggled in the four preseason games, and you know. He's important. As, as Trey goes, the Hawks go. Um, you know, he, he's the most important barometer of what they do. And I just thought that, you know, if he played like he did in the preseason or anything close to it, that it, it would be a struggle for the Hawks on the road in Chicago. And he did not struggle. Uh, literally one of the most efficient performances in NBA history. So uh, a complete reversal. And that kind of made the game easy for the Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know what else Trey could have done. He was, I got the, I got the sheet pulled up right, right here. He was uh, ten of twelve from the field, five of six from three. Uh, yeah, he was just carving the Bulls up. The Bulls were kind of just a step slow the whole game. Trey would, you know, get get downhill, get a guy on his back hip, draw the foul, and just sort of uh, rinse, lather, repeat. So, um, yeah, great performance from him. Uh, set up a few other players as well, had seven assists. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're a Hawks fan, you got to be pretty pleased by that. you got to be pleased by some of the other things, some of the, I think the other big performances. Um, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish had, had big games. I mean, they, they were probably two of the, Two of the guys for the Hawks who had the best preseason, I would say. I don't know if you would agree with with me on that, but they look they looked like they kind of carried over that strong preseason uh, into this first game. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, would you agree with me there? Uh, I mean, I think Cam had some of the highest ties of the preseason, but you know, he kind of mixed it in. I don't know that he's, I don't think he's as consistent as maybe DeAndre Hunter is. Um, but tonight, you know, defensively, he was he was hawking the passing lanes. You, know, you the Hawks were playing, uh, you know, a lot of ball denial on some of the passing lanes, and he's really good at that. And you know, one of the things I liked about what I saw from Cam tonight was, and I think honestly, it settled him down because I think it was one of the things that happened very very early for Cam. But he got a, he got a deflection early. You know, he's he's out in the passing lane or. You know, he's, he's out on the break, I should say. And I think it was Zach Levine was back with him. 
and he's kind of going right to left across the free throw lane a little bit. And it was a perfect opportunity for him to rush a shot at the rim. And he didn't. He kind of decelerated a little bit, made sure that he went square, like just right into Zach Levine's body, bumped him back, and then it made it a very easy shot from there on out. And that was a shot that in his rookie season, you know, he might have uh, gone away from the contact, kind of shot it falling away from the rim. And this, he was very strong and poised, and he took his time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's just. Uh... I mean, we know when when he was coming into the league, you know, he's got that kind of upper echelon athleticism, uh, you know, a handle. Is, is, wait, wait, yeah. I have to stop you. Isn't Brad going to get mad if you said that? Uh, One yeah, of the things that know. Brad likes to say, and, and I kind of agree with him, like he's – Cam is athletic in a fast sense. He's athletic in that he's got a huge frame and he's coordinated with it. But he doesn't have vertical burst. I, I think you – know, it, it, and the problem is athletic, athletic and athleticism, are, they're like catch-all words. And people have different types of athleticism. I mean, Cam has a lot of it, but I just don't feel like he has a huge vertical burst to get off shots at the rim. Yeah, I mean, maybe not as much as, as you would hope. But, I mean, he's got some other things going for him. I think, like you said, with his handle, he's got, you know, long arms. He's, he's got kind of comfortable, like, left, left to right, right to left sort of crossover dribble. Um, the big thing is, like you said, being able to get into the lane, slow down if you need to, to kind of let defenders go by or, or speed up to try to use that, that burst, that athleticism. Even if he's not, you know, getting off the ground and throwing down dunks or anything like that. I think that's that's just something that, you know, obviously not not every player has that. It, it's it's a reason he was, you know, a five-star guy coming out of high school. Went to Duke. Mm-hmm. You, we, we can kind of argue his role at Duke. We can kind of argue his, you know, first half yeah. of the season last year that was right. not so great. But, you know, the tool, tools are tools. You know, he's, he's got them. Whether or not he can use those those things certainly will determine his, his NBA career. But like you said, he flashed it. He had some great plays tonight. Um Maybe some not so great plays, some not so great decisions with the ball in his hand, but that's that's kind of the learning process. You got you got to remember he's still what twenty years old, second year in the league. Like that's these things kind of come with time and experience. But the the tools he has, as far as you know, the handles and the body control are things that I would say ninety percent of NBA players don't have. Yeah. Um... You know, one, one thing that pleased me a lot, and, and basketball is a funny game. I, I guess a lot of sports are like that, but it, it's, it's actually easier to see it as a fan. I mean, I think there are a lot of times when you're watching a team go through its offense. And, you know, with the overhead view of the way basketball games are shot on camera, it's easy to see, hey, that guy's open. And, it, and honestly, it's easier to see that as a fan as it is as a player than it is as a player. And, you know, tonight it felt like when there was an obvious – outlet where the ball should go the, the Hawks seem to make that extra pass yeah absolutely and I, I think that's uh sort of two like there's two prongs to it obviously you gotta have the vision to make the pass but you also have to have the the spacing without the ball <laughs> yeah. I thought it was right I mean I thought it was pretty excellent I mean you know this 
You know, they they had they had guys in the corner, they had guys on the wings, um, you know, making a making a cut and then kind of relocating to the opposite side. So uh, I think that just kind of goes to how the roster was put together. I mean, we know they, they acquired a couple of good shooters in Bogdanovich and Gallinari. Uh, they both had um, pretty 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 decent first games with the Hawks. I mean, not nothing great. I think Gallinari was 13 points on six shots and Bogdanovich 15 on 12 shots. But guys like him... <clears throat> Uh, Herder were spacing the floor, so you know you had Trey penetrating, you had kicking the ball out, and guys were just making shots. I mean, they were, you know, they they shot the lights out. You know, sometimes it just it takes that. Chicago was also kind of blowing some easy opportunities, so game <laughs> got out can game got out of hand pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those games. You're gonna have these games. Usually happened somewhere in the middle of the season. It just sort of happened in the beginning of the season. Um, so yeah, I think I think the Hawks just kind of played to their strengths. They know they can space the floor. They know they can, you know, catch and shoot. If someone's kind of drawing a little bit of a double team in the lane and kicking it out, so that's that's just something that's the Hawks got to play to that strength going forward this season. Yeah, clearly they're not going to shoot fifty percent from three every night but you know it's it's a combination i think you take capella out and you know they played bruno a little bit which they might not have uh with capella around but at the same time you know they just they had more five shooter lineups than they would have in a normal sense they had more five shooter lineups than they really could have played at any time last season um the the, the spacing is going to be there for trey and it's it's a whole new game. And so, yeah, the Hawks aren't going to shoot 50% from three every night, but they should have more games this season where they do do that because, um, you know, last season they were last in the league in three-point percentage. And it really doesn't seem like that that could happen again. I mean, um, there are going to be some guys that maybe go through slumps, but you play this kind of lineup. And, again, it's not right to go completely hyperbolic after one game, but um, – you know, just the whole way that the league is trending, honestly, this could be one of the league's, seriously, one of the league's uh, most efficient offenses ever. Um, and I say that not because, you know, I, I say that because, you know, part of it is just that this is something that happens more often in recent years. Like we saw this from the Mavericks last year. Um, if the Hawks choose to go with with all offense lineups like they did tonight, if they can just tread water on defense, um, you know, there should be plenty of nights where they, they can just kind of explode. I think the 83 points in the first half was a, a franchise record or a tied franchise record. Um, this, this, it's not going to look like this for 72 games. That's what they're playing this season. Right. But, um, you know, when you take it all out on the average, um, you know, if, you, if you're playing Gallinari and Bogdanovich a lot, in addition to starting, you know, let's say Cam, John, DeAndre, and, and Trey, you're, you're bound to have some, some superb offensive nights. And on the average, it, it should be a lot better than last season. But again, to go back to the original point, they're going to go as Trey goes. Um, you know, the whole point of having the spacing is that 
he can do stuff with the lanes, and then you've you've got defenses at your mercy. Um, if he can keep doing anything remotely close to this, it's it's going to be potent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, yeah, it, you're definitely right. It, it all comes back on Trey. I mean, you got to get the ball to, you know, guys like Gallinari. He's not going to, you know, he can create a little bit if he's one on one with a guy, but. As far as, you know, starting a set, starting a pick and roll or a pick and pop, like Trey's the guy. Like he's he's already proven after just two years in the league. Like he's one of the elite at, you know, using his handle, stepping back, drawing double teams, um, you know, the whole kind of shooting from twenty eight feet, thirty feet. You know that I mean it's it, sometimes no, I mean, it's kinda of, it's sometimes it's kinda of silly, but it's at the same time, it's you know, it, it does add a cumulative effect. Like my, you yes. know, a defender is gonna, uh oh, is Trey gonna pull up from thirty feet? I'm gonna step out on him. Right. It's an accessory dribb- to his right. drives. It's an accessory. Yeah, he's gonna dribble drive. He's gonna draw a second guy in the lane, and you know, at that point, it's a four on three if he makes the right pass. So, uh, you know, all that, all that again, it doesn't happen without Trey on the offensive side of things. So. Um, you're gonna see a lot of just catch and shoot guys. Um, I think the bigger thing actually was the catch and goes for Cam and DeAndre, especially. Um, sometimes, sometimes John Collins as well. Like if if you're, you know, if you're out on the wing, out behind the arc, and your defender's tending towards, you're trying to, you know, get up and defend the three. You catch and go. Well, you got an open lane possibly, so all those things kind of work together. Um, right. Again, and sh- I think to be fair, Chicago's kind of a mess too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They that you know you mentioned them pushing and transition and the, the grab and goes. A lot of that worked because Chicago was really disorganized on defense. They're they're trying to learn some new things. I'm sure there are new systems in place for them, and uh, they're not organized yet. They're still got to feel out their way. For sure. I mean, they were pretty much starting Wendell Carter Jr. at the five. And, yeah, that's not really a role he's suited for. Um, you know, he's trying to kind of make up for Markinen. Markinen wants to be like a perimeter guy. He's not a rim protector. Uh, they don't really have any, like, real resistance at the rim. Um, beyond that, they were just – they were turning the ball over like crazy, especially – Kobe White early in the game, just making some very baffling decisions. Yeah. Zach Le- Zach Levine was picking up a bunch of fouls. So, I mean, they got a lot of they're, – they're like the Hawks. They got a lot of young talent, but sort of trying to operate, you know, in a, in a, in a vacuum. I think the Bulls will basically be kind of like what the Hawks were last year. Some young talent here and there, but don't really have the pieces to put together a solid five-man lineup. Don't really have the balance, so they definitely looked out of sorts tonight. Yeah, um, it's it's one of the things that was funny to me that stood out was it doesn't seem, and I think I've tweeted this before, and I even in this game I I felt like you saw some glimmers of it. It doesn't feel like that Trey and Gallinari like that that should be just magic in terms of pick and pops. And it still feels like they don't really have good chemistry yet. There was one time tonight 
where Gallinari was getting ready to set a screen for Trey. And Trey just went too early. So Gallinari got an offensive foul for a moving screen, but it was Trey's fault. And it's it's like, okay, Trey, guess what? Gallinari is really slow. You've got to give him time <laughs> to get there. <laughs> yeah, he's, right? yeah. No, but, no, that's um, a good point. There, there was also sometimes, and again, a lot of this worked because uh, I think Capello wasn't there. So offensively, things are just going to totally be greased. But they came out of a timeout and they started run, running some like uh, staggered double screens for Trey where they were using Gallinari and Collins. And they ran one coming out of a timeout. And I think because it worked, they kind of went back to it a couple more times after that in, in the successive minutes. And uh, that looks really good. But it kind of leads me to this question. Do you think that the Hawks approached this game in a different way offensively? Like, were they experimenting in the preseason with some things that we uh, maybe didn't work so well, but they just kind of wanted to try them out? And tonight they're like, okay, it's a regular season. Back to back to what works best for us or, or did it just work better? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think they experimented in the preseason. Um, I think they were given, given their wings a bit more, uh, time on the ball. Um, today to this game tonight felt a lot like, um, uh, kind of a late, I mean, really just an extension of a late last season game where, you know, Trey had the ball a lot. Most most guys were kind of mostly just spotted up. Um, so, you know, like you said, there were a lot of sets where they were just running, you know, high pick and rolls, side pick and rolls for Trey. Um, in the preseason, I think they were trying to get, you know, Reddish and Kevin, Kevin and DeAndre some more more time on the ball mm-hmm. to try to iron out some of their, you know, some of their creative. Um, you know, an experience maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of got away from that. It was actually really interesting that this, this game, it, it was almost a good thing that, I mean, I, like, I think you brought this up earlier that, that Capella wasn't in, like you said, he didn't have a great preseason. They start Collins at the five. They end up starting, you know, um, both Deandre and Cam brought Hunter off the bench didn't really have a backup point guard. Goodwin didn't really even play till the second half. Right. So, so I mean, it was it was Trey's show to run, and he was he was locked in. He he ended up actually getting a few deflections too on the defensive end. I know that's uh, kind of something that he needs to work towards. He's not exactly someone who's going to harass in the passing lanes, but he he definitely seen dialed in. I think you can tell when Trey is kind of got his opportunities on the ball, his ability to run the show, you know, and he knows kind of what's at stake on this season that, you know, I think maybe a switch will flip and he'll really lock in on the other end, on the defensive end, try to get in there, harass, harass passing lanes. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's just kind of the, the complete game that I think Trey needs to work towards. Yeah, and it wasn't a defensive play, but it kind of fell into the same category of stuff that Trey did that's going to warm Lord, Lloyd Pierce's heart. He had that offensive rebound that it just kind of looked like, hey, this you know loose ball is just going to go out of bounds on the other side of the court. And Trey just turned on full jets and got there into the corner pretty much, I think, to the surprise of everybody because then he was just wide open for an easy corner three. 
Yeah, yeah, that was big because Chicago was about to start the break too on that play. And <laughs> if he doesn't make that, if he doesn't make that steal, then Chicago's got you know five on four. So he, I mean, he definitely like, you know, this is probably one of the the most uh, the biggest like effort hustle games I've seen Trey play ever in, in his career so far, and and I think that really kind of cascaded down on a lot of the other players. You know, Cam, Cam kind of did his thing where he was. He's obviously got a big wingspan. He's he's harassing it, harassing the passing lanes. Hunter did a lot of the same. Even Bruno Fernando, I mean, he got in there. He was he was grabbing rebound rebounds like over some bigger guys. He was really fighting. You know, I know that's kind of his role to try to get in there and you know uh, do some of the the grunt work down low. But you could tell that you know the the entire effort on the team on both ends was. You know, that wasn't really any question about that, especially through about two and a half quarters that they were they really wanted this game. Yeah, Bruno definitely uh, fed off the good energy. I think it took some pressure off for him. And he also probably got a. You know, he's not the most experienced guy, so he doesn't always get the kindest whistle and he probably got a a pretty kind whistle tonight kind of throwing his body around. Oh yeah. There, there were a couple fouls. He was, uh, he knocked a few people over and didn't get a call, but, but that's, you know, be- better for, uh, better, you know, it's better that he can kind of just be aggressive. I think that just sl- honestly just kind of slows the game down for him. Cause he's not trying to react. He's just, he's just acting instead of reacting, honestly. Oh but, yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. What did you see out of the defense? Like it, it seemed to me like, there was a big emphasis on kind of taking away the middle of the floor. You know, if it, you know the first two sort of striking defensive patterns that I saw um, was that you know when they were in their kind of base defense, it felt like the wing help. So if, if Trey's at the top defending, you know, some sort of bulls attack that's coming from the top, it felt like the wings to either side of Trey were really close by to help. Like they were, they were positioned much closer to the middle of the line than they might ordinarily be. And that opened up a little bit of stuff for the bulls on the wings, on the sides. Um, you know, they had some side pick and roll stuff that worked. Eventually I think Levine got hot for a while and, he was kind of doing things from the side. And so that kind of opened up some opportunity for attacking from the baseline, maybe some side pick and rolls, but it felt like they were really trying to take away sort of entry from the top. And then later on, they were, when they went into the three, two zone, you know, you've got, they alternated, I think some between putting Cam Reddish right at the top of that three, two zone and, and Deandre Hunter and, you know, trying to hide uh, Bogdanovich, Trey Herter, um, but especially, like, I think when you have Bogdanovich and Trey out there, that's when they went to the 3-2 zone. And, you know, I think specifically that helps in the in the sense that I think you, you can hide them best in that sort of regard. Um, but did you, I don't know, that, that's that's sort of what I took away from the defense. But, you know, did you see anything in there that, I, I don't know, trends that, that sort of stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, mo- most of that was, you know, Pretty pretty key to their, their game plan, like you said. I think they ended up giving up the the corner a bunch. Markinen actually got free a bunch in the corner. Mm-hmm. He ends up going four for six from three. Um, 
but I mean, he didn't he didn't really get much else. Um, he was actually their high score. Well, actually, look, yeah, you're right, Levine at 22. But I think I think it was important for them, like you said, to not give up the middle of the floor, not give up paint points. You know, guys were able to come off a screen and pull it from the elbow, but you know, you'll kind of give that to a a team like Chicago without a without a ton of shot makers. I mean, there's only a couple of guys that really scare you from the perimeter. Like um like I said, Markinen catching and shooting. It's pretty dangerous. Levine and Porter can can kind of fill it up at times, but you know, you'll 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 give that up over giving up some some easy buckets underneath to Levine. You you don't want him getting downhill and getting to the rim. And I think the Hawks did a great job of that, even without, you know, Capella or Kongwu or any of the, the, the kind of premier shot blockers we thought we'd have for this, that the Hawks thought they'd have for this first game. Um, just being able to, you know, try to aggressively play the side pick and rolls, flare their wings up, push them more towards the baseline. It ends up cutting off the... You know the drive to the to the basket to the hoop, um, and the Hawks did that well. Um, but I'm also not going to lie; the Bulls blew a bunch of layups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So some of, some of it wasn't you know they ended up doing pretty well defensively in the first three quarters, but some of it was just the Bulls just not not executing. Um, yeah. So some of yeah, it was just Hutch taking so taking bad shots, you know. Yeah, they, they definitely left points out there. So yeah, again, had to miss like five layups. Oh yeah, Hutchinson hit. I mean, he missed like four layups in the span of about two minutes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, against a better times, team, you know, yeah, it, it's not going to work like that. But yeah, you kind of changed my mind a little bit when you were talking because, uh, you know, watching the young guys play defense, there were a couple times Trey got. You know, Trey was kind of a helper at the elbow, and he kind of got beat back door a little bit. There were some times the Hawks got, because of the way that they were concentrating uh, at the point of the attack, it felt like there were some offensive rebounds that got that slipped behind them for that same reason. And then, you know, the thing that you changed my mind on was the, the one time it felt like things were in jeopardy for the Hawks was when Levine got going. And it was almost exclusively jump shots, and it was Herder and Reddish guarding him. I'm sorry, Hunter and Reddish guarding him uh, alternately at times. And I just felt like they needed to be a little more aggressive in taking away the shot and making him more of a driver. But you you, you correctly pointed out that the Hawks did, also didn't really have any rim protection tonight. So maybe uh, maybe just riding out the hot streak and not invite riding out riding out the hot streak. I'm having all kinds of trouble talking tonight and, and not, uh, not teasing them into trying to test out their rim protection was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I think again, I don't think they would have deployed this type of a strategy against a, frankly, a better team or a team with more playmakers and more shot makers. Um, you know, the Bulls are still pretty young. Um, you know, Levine will kind of get his. You know, he's a good scorer. I yeah. think they were just really um, scared of him getting downhill and getting to the rim. They, You know, if he's if he's taking and hitting those 18-footers, you know, 
you sort of just let him have that. Uh, but you, you you don't want him getting into the lane, you know, maybe dumping it off to Carter for for an easy dunk. Um, any any of those type of things. So they they made it kind of difficult on him. Um, made it difficult on you know Kobe White, although he was kind of just going rogue for whatever reason. Um, I mean, like I said, I think I think it's just you know the Haw- the Hawks were. It sounds kind of weird to say, but they were a more veteran team. You know, I would have never said that a year ago, but they they just um, think got, got a bunch of guys that know their role. Gallinari, Bogdanovich, they know their role. Um, they know they're limited defensively, so they're just trying to play a sort of team defensive scheme. You know, help when they need to help, but don't overhelp. Don't don't try to don't try to crowd a guy who doesn't need crowding. Uh, knowing that they don't have any protection behind them, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, frankly, their defensive performance was, you know, no better than average. But they just kind of shot the lights out in the first first quarter, first half, really, pushed that lead out, and it was just it kind of turned into a turned into like a you know a little bit of a farce. So yeah. the best defense is a good offense sometimes. Uh, and that is kind of a weird comp to Trey because we kind of, you know, when we started tonight, I was saying, you know, I was nervous about this game just because uh, I thought the offense would be pretty good, but I thought Trey might struggle a bit. And obviously he didn't. Um, but Trey's struggles in the preseason, I thought they were kind of a weird parallel, unparalleled to, to Kevin Herter. Like, Herter struggled with his shot, I thought, a lot in the preseason. But I thought he played well, like his passing and his play. I mean, he, he turned the ball over some, but uh, I thought Kevin Herter was, even though he shot poorly, was was pretty consistent in, in making good things happen on offense in the preseason. And, uh, you know, tonight he gave him the real spark off the bench. Uh, and they already had it going, but, like, they didn't miss a beat when he came in. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think some of the same things kind of happened, like you said, in the preseason. He was... Getting in the right places and taking good shots, just sort of not hitting them. That that kind of happened. I think down the stretch, or his 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 stat line would looked a little better. But yeah, Lloyd Pierce left him out there with the second unit for pretty long. Yeah, um, that too. Especially yeah, especially in that third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, like he was, he was he was there, you know, spacing the floor, hit hitting some shots from outside. I mean. I think he was just making really smart decisions. Um, you know, I th- I'm looking, he had four assists in 27 minutes, which is, you know, well above his average from last year. I believe he had, you know, less than two assists per 36 minutes last year. I think I think that figure is right. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he can continue to move the ball, you know, if the shot's not there, continue to move the ball around the horn, he'll get his opportunities. Um I think transition was was a big one. He was getting out um, in transition, running three or two, three on twos, and yeah, good make, Goodwin make was helping there. was helping him in that regard a lot too. Just yeah. just the effect of Goodwin just kind of sucking in the defense helped helped Herder on a lot of those transition plays. Yeah, Goodwin for sure. I mean, um, you know, he's a, he's a steady hand at point guard. Um, yeah, I, I think I think as far as 
Um, you know, maybe maybe Herter's time as a starter probably just doesn't happen this year. But if he can lead that second unit, you know, bring bring a spark off the bench. I think that's really what the coaching staff is looking for him. If he can kind of again just make spark decisions, continue to move the ball. Um, I think last year sometimes he would he would just you know if he was getting a bad situation he would just shoot instead of you know taking a an easier pass out. So just seeing that growth in his game I think will be big going forward. Uh, am I missing anything that we needed to talk about on this one? Or what do you think about uh, anything that's left over from this game and or uh, the game coming up in Memphis? Um, yeah, the Memphis one will be a good test because I, I think Memphis has uh, kind of a better team defensive scheme. Um, they, the Hawks didn't play so well against Memphis in their two games in the preseason, so it'll be it'll be good to see what they do there, especially the they had kind of one game where they just it got out of got out of hand pretty quickly. I think containing Jaw, um, you know, they really have to contend with a, a super penetrative point guard against the Bulls. But someone like Jaw will be will be interesting. Um, you know, he's going to get downhill. He's going to get past his initial man. How do they handle that? Um, Again, I think that's also going to depend on what kind of uh, health the Hawks are in Saturday. So they got a few games or a few yeah, days. Kelly Crow was Kelly Crow was on the broadcast saying that Capella and Rondo were expected to play Saturday. I hadn't heard that anywhere, so maybe okay. She, she got word from. I, I, maybe I just missed it, but uh, I, mean, I don't that, know. That, yeah, that would change I, I said, things for sure. It would. I said I sent a message that. I was watching on League Pass, and you know you had Bob and Neek's commentary, and then Bob would throw it to Kelly, and on League Pass, at least on the away feed, you couldn't hear anything Kelly was saying, so I didn't get any of those updates, unfortunately. Really? That's weird. Yeah. It's very strange. So, yeah, there was just about like 10, 15 seconds of silence when Bob would say, oh, you know, Kelly's got the report on the health of the players, and it's like, well, I wish I could hear that. It was weird. Wow. Uh, NBA League Pass, got to figure that out. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, interesting. Yeah, well, the Hawks were 1-1 one one against Memphis. The Hawks were 1-1 one one against Memphis in the same way that the uh, the Bulls played a magnificent fourth quarter tonight. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the Hawks were 0-1 were against Memphis and 1-0 against the, the whatever Memphis's G League team is. The, I guess. Are they the hustle? They might be the hustle. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the hustle. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they can get some hustle time. Uh, when is that? Saturday? Yeah, it'll be Saturday. Saturday. Boxing day. Ah, yes. All right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Wes. Yeah, thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, thanks for doing this, and I uh, hope we get to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Same. <laughs> Have a good night, sir. All right, have a good one.